right. There, there, there we have Don imitating Michael Jackson, right? <laughs> 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 Happy Valentine's Day right. to everyone on DBS. We have... I'm muting you. I'm muting you all. I'm muting you all right now. I'm muting you. Just be quiet. Here we go. Muted. All right. So it's uh, February the 14th. When? Ready for the recording? Or you want to say something first? No, no. Start the recording. All right. The recording has started. And cut out the things. If you're listening on BBS, uh, we do this this call every week. And it's it's a conference call, and we put the conference call online, and we do we have a very unusual call, and I don't usually promote it. I don't usually tell people about it. They have to find it or read about it, or because it's 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 um it's kind of funny, isn't it? You do a radio show and you don't tell people about it, but you know what? We have an ambience on the call. It's a conference call. And I guess it come under the description as spiritual, but not normal spiritual. It's beyond normal. And um, it started off with, I wrote the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey about David Wilcock. And uh, it's the first time I ever wrote a book, and I knew Wilcock was Casey, and even though it was a controversial claim. And then my partner started channeling, Terry Brown. She woke me up in the middle of the night. I found out that sources on the other side were paying attention to me because I wrote the book. And they so wanted to get their information and their, and more than information, their vibration into this realm. And... Um, and I didn't believe any of it at first. It took me three years to figure it out. And one of the things that um, really was a big stepping stone in my saying, this is real, was when I asked them, was Terry anybody famous? She was the lady that was channeling, Terry Brown, and... and uh, they told me to look up St. Catherine of Siena, who I never heard of. So I looked up St. Catherine of Siena. I found the story of this young woman in um, Siena, Italy, and they would write down everything. She would go into the local church, and they would write down everything she said because they thought God was speaking to them through her. And um, when she died... They published all her channelings, and um, she became they became, the book became a classic of Catholic literature called uh, Saint Catherine's Dialogues with God. And I had learned when I wrote the uh, Wilcock Casey book that people look like their past lives because when you die, your soul carries your DNA with it until it comes into a new body. Wilcock was the spitting image of Casey. Terry happened to be the spitting image of St. Catherine. And um, 
I have used this many times and identified people. I don't go look in the past. They usually, you know, in every case, there had to be an inclination towards a person in the past. And then when I looked it up, they were similar and sometimes spitting, okay? Um, and so there's been a woman who has been coming into our conference calls for a couple of years now, okay? I think it's a couple of years. And started to get to know her because I have a, something called Message a Day. And I was sending out my poems, my channelings that was Terry, all kinds of things. And she was subscribed to it. And she would always email me, or often email me, and be very enthusiastic about what she sent. Very. And she was like, I, 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 got, to, I got to understand that she had a deep understanding of things. And uh, the stuff we were sending out was deep, but she always got it. And, and then I got to know her a little bit. I talked to her a couple of times. She started coming to my conference calls, and uh, and and I found that she lives on the grid in New England. And um, she lived there by herself. And she was chopping wood. Off the, gr was off the grid. Off the grid. Off the grid. Thank you. She was living off the grid. And she was chopping wood. And she had a generator. And, and, and she was doing it all by herself. And which is an amazing um for a woman to be to be doing that. I saw it. I still think. And um over time she made the casual comment and I can't remember how it was brought up, but that she thought she was the reincarnation of Amelia Earhart. Now, you probably all know who Amelia Earhart is. Okay, but you will before this call is over. And, um, and I, I, I started studying Amelia Earhart after she said that. And I said, could she really be? I don't believe things because people tell me. Uh, I have to do my own research. It has to fit. Okay, and um, and I thought that she could have been. I was analyzing her personality, her voice, her chutzpah. All right, and um, and she's on the line with us today, and we're going to explore this. And I don't think she's ever talked about it publicly, and I don't even know how many people she ever told about it. But um, would you like to say hello? I see that you're muted. Are you Are you there? Hi, Wynn. Yes, this is Kathleen. How are you all? 
You're not nervous yet, are you? No. Good. You know, one of the interesting things about Amelia Earhart is that she was fearless. And uh, when I was talking to you recently, you were saying you just, you were, let me ask you a question. How did you, you have a certain amount of recall about that lifetime, right? Yes, I do. I get glimmers every now and then. I call them reveries, and uh, my reveries are quite compelling when I get them. Usually in like a meditative state, I will uh, sort of do some exploration. And uh, in one of those states, a long, long time ago, I uh, had this distinct impression that I was flying an airplane, and it was like a lucid dream, but I was awake. So... I ruled out the fact that I had fallen asleep and um, had these visions of flight over the ocean and over land masses, and it was pretty magnificent mm-hmm. and very, very compelling. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I noticed about Amelia is that she really liked being of service to other people. Um she did a lot of things. I, I, I tried, I spent like a number of hours before this call really brushing up on Amelia so I could talk about it. And I don't usually do that. Usually I talk off the top of my head and we talk to the Elohim, but I feel this is a different kind of call and I hope I do a good job. Okay. I have one of the things that really, really struck me okay, is when I was doing searches on YouTube and looking at movies about Amelia, you know, and just to give you a very quick rundown on Amelia, I'm going to play you here. I hope I am a, a, um, a little story about her early history and hopefully I'll get this down in the place. It was the early days of flight. Barnstormers and daredevil pilots filled the air with the sounds of soaring wings. And among those famous flyers was Amelia Earhart, an aviation icon of the 20th century. Here, Amelia touches down to set a solo transcontinental speed record. It took me about 19 hours and uh, a few months to uh, make the trip. I wish I could have done it faster. And what did you carry on the trip? You mean to eat? Yeah, to eat and drink. Well, I carried some water, of course, because my cockpit is very warm. And I carried a sandwich in case. I didn't eat it, so I carried some hot chocolate and um, the old reliable commodity. What kind of a sandwich was it? Chicken sandwich. Amelia Earhart dared to go where no one had gone before. The public adored the pioneering pilot, and newsreels of the day captured her every move. Yet the private side of Amelia would always remain a mystery.
Now, if you listen to Amelia's voice, and I don't think I'm wrong about this, um, when I hear Kathleen talk, I hear a similar kind of courage and boldness and confidence. Somehow, there's an emotional quality that's similar. Do you notice that, Kathleen? You may not be able to notice because you're too close to it. Um, I think it's kind of intentional, win in that uh, I have always had this sort of audacious side of me that uh, tended to kind of automatically step outside of what was acceptable, not in a negative way, but, you know, what was usual or outside of the norms for what girls or women should and could do. Uh, because I had four brothers, and believe me, I got really good at tackle football. <laughs> but I never wanted to play professionally. <laughs> but uh, and I love chicken sandwiches. I always have. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Amelia, Amelia, Amelia was a tomboy. Okay. Yes, I was too. Very much yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Still am. I was. I was thinking. Would you like to share some of the things you've done in this life? You know, it, it's not like as, you know, Amelia Earhart came in a couple of years after Charles Lindbergh, and she loved to fly. Her, she made her father give her flying lessons, and she wasn't she wasn't really expecting to have a career like she had. But uh, there was a guy who became aware of her flying and wanted to pay her to do something and thought she was very attractive and charismatic and, and that she could be a great person to promote. It might have been TWA. She did her one of her first flights, and it was TWA that was the sponsor of it, as I recall. And she caught the public's heart. You know, she was bold, she was fearless, she was beautiful, and she was charismatic. And uh, as we go through this call, I'm going to play some other little excerpts of Amelia talking, and what she's most famous for is her final flight, which was around the equator. She was going to circle the entire equator and land, and on the last leg of the flight, the last 25%, they lost contact with her, and for years, it was a mystery as to what happened to her. And Kathleen happens to know <laughs> what happens. And we'll, we'll get to that later if she wants to share it. But um, have you studied the history of Amelia to know the kinds of things I'm saying now? 
Um, actually, to a small degree, uh, it, it never really um, occurred to me to to like look into her history all that much. Um, I had a sense that I was like her in many ways because of my boldness and my curiosity and my desire to be of service to others. And um, I loved nursing and uh, she did a little bit of that and uh, in a very, very uh, rough and difficult scenario. And, um, and most of the work I've done along those lines has been in very kind of traumatic situations or um, difficult circumstances, such as caring for terminally ill people or paralyzed people. And, um, and the work was just so rewarding to me that um, I pursued late in life becoming a degree, a nurse with a degree and, um, and was unable to get the mass of all things. I got everything else perfectly and I managed to get my LPN, but I, I couldn't go the distance, so to speak on that, uh, on getting the RN because I just went through tutor after tutor and my brain just absolutely refused to get the math part. But, Mm -hmm. Uh, my boldness and my determination didn't stop there. I just launched my qualities and talents into other avenues, such as private duty nursing and uh, caring for sick veterans, which brought me to another uh, very passionate um, project that I spearheaded in the state of Maine to uh, bring bedside telephones to veterans hospital patients. And uh, I went through a substantial amount of kind of uh, denigration, if you will, uh, because a lot of the people who I was canvassing for funding for the project, which was going to be like it was estimated to be about an $800,000 project, it happened to be during a time when I set the proposal forth to the VA administrators um, that they were doing major construction and additions on the Veterans Hospital. And what a perfect time to pull wire, I thought. So I canvassed through the uh, Communication Workers of America, the unions, the, um, the crafts involved uh, to do the work. And lo and behold, after many, many looks over the rims of glasses at this, as they would call it, this skirt that we never had skirts in our unit because I was in the army. I was in the way in the wax and uh, the women's army corps. And um, I was, I, I joined at a time where there had not been many women accepted. And, um, and I found myself standing in front of audiences of 80, a hundred, 200 veterans. A lot of them, much, much older than I, who um, listened intently because what I was saying made sense to them. And at first, it was very poopod, and, and I was given the thumbs down several times. But then I went the other route through the proverbial chain of command, through the Congress and the legislature, and, uh, and I got some, some uh, interest developed there. 
And this gave me just all the fuel I needed to continue. And, uh, and eventually, on Valentine's Day in 2001, we got a dial tone at Togus VA Hospital in Maine. And this was one of the big, I got goosebumps now, it's one of the biggest thrills of my life to have accomplished this with the help of literally thousands of volunteers and thousands of man hours to install the system. And the really coolest part about it is, is that after the project was cut over and our then president, Mr. Bill Clinton, wouldn't make the inaugural call, uh, <laughs> uh, Sonny Montgomery, who at the time was the, um, the director of the United States Army, made the inaugural call. And um, after that, the VA adopted the program nationwide. And I get goosebumps every time I think about it because it was like that took a lot of determination and a lot of tears, a lot of embarrassment. But my determination was far greater than any of those things. And I felt that uh, my angels were always with me and that my spirit was very, very strong, stronger than any mistake I could possibly make. And I went the distance, and uh, it very, very much paid off and is still paying off as quadriplegics who cannot use their hands have the means via computers and various other devices to speak to their loved ones without the need for a nurse to hold the phone in their hand while they want to whisper sweet nothings into the ears of their loving wives. So mm -hmm. I'm pretty proud of that accomplishment. So what you're saying is, up to that point, the veterans' hospitals didn't have phones for their patients. And their no, patients they had these be... little roll-around uh, carts that they had to have coins for because they didn't have credit card coin boxes at the time. And if you didn't have cat, you know, change, you couldn't make a phone call or receive one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, were you in? Were you in the army when you started that project, or were? No, were this you, was year. This was decades after. Decades after. Okay. Yeah. And I Actually, know two decades. I'm not that old. <laughs> in in our in our conversation, you were telling me how. You became a gourmet cook and were cooking at some of the finest restaurants everywhere. Did I yeah. get that right? Yeah. Yes, you did. How, how did you learn how to cook? Actually, um, I was when I was in the army. There were not enough uh, interested parties in the MOS that I had originally chosen, uh, which was field medics. Uh, and there was already a company that was full and already in gear and in the field that I couldn't join as a trainee. Uh, so I took my secondary choice, which they fondly called Greasy Spoon, which was a food service specialist. And um, mm -hmm. at that point, uh, I was launched, and I've been dishing it out ever since. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, tell me, what was the very first time in your life that you had an inkling that you were Amelia Earhart? I was on a small aircraft headed for Jamaica, and um, the pilot had to stop to fuel part of the way there, 
And as people were disembarking, um, I kind of snuck into the cockpit and just kind of looked around and I got caught by the co-pilot and I asked, I almost begged if I could just sit in the seat of this, of the pilot's, you know, the pilot's cockpit. And, um, mm-hmm. and they said, sure, sure. And they even put their hat on my head and they took a picture of me in that, in that uh, position in the, in the cockpit. And I got this immediate flash that I had flown, I had crashed and burned and was, uh, was actually a pilot in another lifetime. And I had been aware of, for many, many years, the idea of uh, other incarnations, reincarnation, our aspects and probable realities and things. And I didn't tag a name to it at that time, but uh, I did some exploration and just kept asking my, my inner intuition to give me some leads. And I kept finding things about Amelia. And little things here or there, and they would just kind of pop up out of nowhere. And um, and I finally made the connection and decided that I would explore this a little further and um, did a uh, what's called a channeled session with a source that I've enjoyed. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm a transcriptionist for for over 20 years now. Uh, I decided to ask this channeled entity if... I was, in fact, Amelia Earhart, and they said yes, and I burst into tears because it made so many things make sense for me that um, I just, it was just this overwhelming sense of relief, first of all, because, you know, I kind of thought, well, people are going to think I'm a little loopy if if I go around asking questions about, uh, you know, the subject, having spoken to a channeled essence, you know, so... So that's mm-hmm. kind of where it started, and I did a lot of exploration afterwards that uh, just helped confirm and reconfirm that, and uh, have had a lot of experiences that align with that person, such as my love for flight, um, friends or fiancés, what have you, that were or are pilots, um, just so many synchronicities that uh, that it was just a really amazing discovery from from for me. I'm go you know I'm going to um let me see something here There's a great story about Amelia Earhart when she was young and uh hang on I have all these clips here Okay here we go This is in one of her early flights She went from the United States across the Atlantic and landed in Ireland. And uh, she was the first woman to cross the Atlantic. And then, of course, she was probably the first woman to cross the Pacific. And then she didn't circle the globe because her plane disappeared. But here she is landing in Ireland. and. And, and and she's giving a talk to the people that are greeting her, addressing them. And here we go. Ice and snow coated her wings. The last two hours were the hardest. 
I turned down the reserve tank and found the gauge leaking. I decided I should come down at the very nearest place. As dawn approached, she landed in a cow pasture near Londonderry, Ireland. Local farmers were stunned to see a woman in pants emerge from the plain. Within hours, photographers and reporters mobbed the meadow. Tables of congratulations poured in. I really had no objective when I started. I struck rain like this on the way across, so I'm not... Uh unaccustomed to, to this at all. Rather, it's rather a pleasure, in fact. You know, in my life, I don't think I can recall a person that speaks with the passion of Kathleen and I identified it with the passion of Amelia Earhart on that audio. And uh, we'll hear some more audios. Pay attention and see what you think. I should mention that Kathleen also looks like Amelia. And I did send a picture out in the email. She says, I have better pictures. And um, But the one I saw was close enough for me to see that resemblance. And you don't remember that, do you, Kathleen, landing in Ireland? No, but I'd always dreamed of going to Ireland and could visualize <laughs> its beauty in, in my mind's eye so clearly, as if I had already been there. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Here's an interesting clip I have. Let's see here. By 1934, Amelia Earhart was one of the best-known women in the world. More than any other aviator of her time, Amelia used her notoriety to popularize commercial air service. She attracted customers to a new airline which eventually became TWA. However, I foresee regular transatlantic service established certainly within our lifetime. Okay. And a question. Have you talked about this to other people very much? Uh, not not that much. Within a small circle of my friends in the forum of the uh, channeled person that I mentioned, but not not overly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you when when somebody happened to do something extraordinary in a past life, it can be rather uncomfortable to reveal that in present time because people think yeah. they're doing it for ego or or you know you know you may not be doing something that that big this lifetime and you think well why am i not doing something that big this time and uh, okay. but you did do things that big you got you got the veterans their phones you single-handedly went against the system and 
money did you raise for that? Close to a million dollars. And the mm-hmm. VA picked up the tab, which they don't normally do on projects that are uh, started by volunteer veterans. Yeah. So the general accounting office actually made a line item budget for bedside telephones nationwide after yeah. that project. So that's pretty exciting. And and I want to say while we're while we're doing this call, I'm not going to say outright that Kathleen was Amelia. I mean, you can't take that to a scientist and say, prove it, you know? But mm-hmm. I have enough indications that I'm inclined to believe it. And I am so glad Kathleen's excited about our work because she has such passion. And I hope we do things together besides just talk about Amelia Earhart. But it mm-hmm. is a great story. And, uh, and she's a really powerful person and let me see here let me see another thing here uh hang on okay here i don't think she ever worried about what people thought about her efficiency. I think she was so sure herself that she was doing what what was the right thing and she had such confidence in herself. More than skill, Amelia's confidence and raw courage helped her solo across the Atlantic. She was already 35 years old and her greatest aviation challenge was yet to come. was one of the best-known women in the world. And when Kathleen and I were talking, she was saying, I wanted to be an example of not having fear. And, uh, and it's one of the things that drove her. And she caught, Amelia caught the heartstrings of the world. You know, she kept doing these amazing flights that a woman wouldn't be expected to do. And and she was handling the energy of it. And um, I was, you know, I told Terry, Terry, I'm probably going to just say, Terry's very shy. Terry happens to be the reincarnation, uh, you know, I don't normally talk about being the reincarnation of someone in the past is you can learn something from it. You can learn that you exist forever. Everybody exists forever. And part of the process is to go through multiple reincarnations and then graduate this realm. And of course, in our work, we are talking to a group soul that Terry channels that identifies itself as the Elohim. 
And when this first happened, I Googled the word Elohim. I didn't look for this. I didn't even trust channelings, to tell you the truth. But Terry woke me up one night and said, get the tape recorder out. And this voice came through her and said it was the Elohim. And uh, I didn't believe it. I looked up the word Elohim. It was one of the names for God in the Old Testament, the name the Mormons use for God. And um, they just told me to ask them questions. They never told me to do anything. They never told me to believe anything. They just said, ask us questions. And then in the first six months, they did a miracle of healing on my sister because I asked them because my, my sister was supposed to die. And uh, and when I asked them, was Terry ever anybody famous? Because Terry is very shy. They said, look up St. Catherine of Siena. And I told the story earlier, a Catholic saint who channeled. And Terry's on the line. And normally on a Monday, we play back channelings. And, and we have 10 conference calls a week. And a lot of people's lives are changing as a result of our calls. And I'm not going to go deeply into explaining it. But when this call is over, we're going to immediately go into a call we do every day called Whole Planet Healing. And I hope you will stay on the line, stay on BBS and listen, okay? It's here there. And I thought what I wanted to do, and I hope Terry doesn't get tongue-tied, but um, have Terry... Hang on, hang on. See if she wants to ask Kathleen any questions. Is that okay, Kathleen, with you? Sure. I thought so. Okay, hang on just one second. And... I'm here. You're there. Good. Yeah. Would you like to pose a question? Well, it was really interesting today. Lynn came to me and he uh, wanted to do a channeling, and we asked him a channeling um, if uh, Kathleen was Amelia Earhart, and the answer was yes. And uh, it's, you know, I felt a strong tie with Amelia Earhart um, because when she disappeared, I used to pray for her, and uh, any time later it would come up in the news of the TV programs or what happened to her, and there'd be various theories and everything, and I'd send out prayers again for her. So it's really like um, closure for me to be able to uh, see how uh, what's happened and and to uh, have closure on uh, the mystery of what happened to uh, Kathleen uh, Amelia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Let me take a moment here. Um, Let's see if anyone on the call 
wants to ask a question to Kathleen. Okay? What do we have? We have about 10 minutes. Hang on. Unmuted. Hi, honey. Okay. Anyone have a question? Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to um, her, her telling us what happened on that last flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're we're gonna get to that. I tell you what. Before before she tells us, I'm gonna mute her. Muted. Unmuted. Muted. I want to play another excerpt here, a short excerpt, okay? Uh, And this is our last flight when it crashed, okay? Hang on just a second. On March 17, 1937, Amelia and her crew embarked from Oakland, California on their around-the-world flight. They made a successful takeoff for Hawaii. But when speeding down the runway in Honolulu, the Electra suddenly ground-looped and crashed. Many blame the accident on careless flying, but Amelia was prepared to make a second attempt. Repairs on the Electra soared up to almost $30,000, and the flight was rerouted. Earhart did not express any fear of flying ever, until the last flight. But Earhart was very Victorian about the promise made and kept. And there were contracts, there were all kinds of arrangements for this that had been settled and she felt she had to do it. Amelia would have to make the second attempt with two less crew members, Harry Mann. Okay, so now she broke down in Hawaii, and now she has, uh, she lost two of her crew members. And one of the interesting things is that, um, She didn't know Morse code, and she she actually, of all things, had learned Morse code this lifetime, and and the the um, let me see here. And you know, she had a she had a radio. And she wasn't good at working the radio. And neither was her co-pilot, which was a guy by the name of Noonan. And um, there were these radio broadcasts she did. But she didn't get any responses, even though they were hearing her. Okay? And um, I, I did copy the radio broadcast. Let me see here. Hang on, let's see here. I think this is the one I just played, though. Let me try this one. Without her knowledge, 
and where her name was used and things like that. Amelia Earhart managed to keep herself in the public eye for almost 10 years. But the era of setting record-breaking flights was coming to a close. Amelia needed one more profitable flight in order to be financially set up for life. In 1936, Amelia Earhart announced her most challenging and dangerous long-distance flight to date. She was determined to set a new record, but it would be her last. Amelia was about to take the greatest risk of her life. She announced a solo around-the-world flight. Countless pilots had already successfully made the flight, but no one had flown it circling the equator. Uh, it will be the first flight, if successful, which approximates the equator. Indeed, I crossed the equator four times. In order to make such an ambitious flight, Amelia traded in her Lockheed Vega for a two-engine Electra, the most advanced aircraft of its time. Amelia raised $80,000 for the ambitious flying mission from Purdue University, where she had been on staff, career counseling young women. To prevent any gossip of the flight being another publicity stunt, Amelia stated that the airplane was to be a flying laboratory for aeronautical research. Uh, with it, I hope to accomplish something really scientifically worthwhile for aviation. Amelia was initially going to make the trip solo, but due to her lack of navigation skills, she assembled an elite. I guess that's all I did for that. All right, we better talk about what happened to Amelia. Now, this is not for the faint-hearted, okay? And um, it started out where I found a YouTube, and it was a very bizarre thing that happened, that she and her co-pilot were marooned on an island and, and they said in the YouTube there were man-eating crabs on this island, giant crabs, nine pounds in weight. And that was how she met her end. And I think they had something that indicated they found the remains of a body. But it wasn't absolute proof that that was true. But that's what they said. And then I, I brought it up to Kathleen, and I said, do you know what happened? And she said, yes, I was eaten by man-eating crabs. <laughs> and she never saw that video or heard that story, I don't think. You want to say anything on that, Kathleen? Yes, I do, actually. Um, and frankly, we had been living off of the fruits and the various things that we could find on the island for a short period of time. I would say 
a few weeks uh, before we began to become overly dehydrated and just not not able to sustain ourselves any longer. We just became too weak. And um, these creatures were around us, but we were ambulatory and not overly injured because our crash landing occurred in the water, not on land. And um, when we began starving, literally, um, we got a lot weaker. And um, I felt that idea of dying soon was was going to be what happened and there were there were no hopes within us to be rescued and um these crabs <laughs> came around us and um kind of encircled us and kind of converged on us and i am certain that i lost consciousness before the feast began and Fred was already unconscious. So, and these are things that were uh, explained to me by my channeled source that um, really made sense because I'd had nightmares and just, you know, glimmers in my nightmares of this happening. And I thought it was my imagination. This was, you know, these, these nightmares occurred long before I ever asked about Amelia and that lifetime. So as gruesome as it sounds, we fed the locals. <laughs> and uh, they, they didn't. They didn't even use butter, did they? No butter needed. <laughs> uh, that's that's the joke that somebody made on the YouTube video. You know, I'm going to ask you one more question, and that is, um, I know you really appreciate the work that we're doing. And yes, could you do. share what, you know, we're going to continue with whole planet healing and Kathleen's on that line every night. She doesn't take a leadership position, but she supports the energy and uh, she may take a leadership position, um, but um, I could feel her energy when she's on the line. And tell me why you like our work. Uh, because your work resonates so strongly with me. I can feel the energy in my body and I can feel my energy expand as we are on the calls. And when um, our dear Cecil brings in the light, I immediately feel like a Christmas tree that just got all the lights turned on. And and it's such a pervasive sensation that it almost feels as if I were outside in the dark in a group of people, they would be able to see my light. <laughs> and and it's, mm -hmm. it's a very, very validating personal um, accomplishment for me to be able to participate in this work because I've always wanted to be a healer and a shaman and... Uh, different things along those lines. And I do crystal energy healing layouts and work for people and uh, several other things along those lines. But primarily my focus of attention right now is to really be a sort of foundational support system for people who don't believe in this 
stuff yet, who don't realize that they are aspects of the one infinite creator. And um, that's my challenge. I mean, I have other dreams and visions. I have a vision of creating a sanctuary here at this place that I'm kind of a squatter in right now. And I actually can see it coming to fruition in spite of the appearances, because that's just what they are. They're things that appear to be the case in the physical reality. But I know in my inner being that anything I set my mind to doing I can accomplish and will accomplish if I am very, very determined and very passionate about it. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am so I'm so glad you uh, let me do this interview today. I'm going to ask you a quick question. Unmuted. Can you guys hear me? Yes. 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 Yeah. I'm just curious, you know, do you hear the connection between Kathleen's voice and Amelia Earhart's voice? Yes. 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 Definitely. It's the same voice. voice. Uh Uh-huh. It is the same voice. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Super. Well... You can all thank Kathleen. Thank you, Kathleen, for the interview. That was a good one. Thank you. I am honored to have had the opportunity, and I'm very, very thrilled to be a part of Whole Planet Healing, which is my new and really wonderful passion that is so (laughs) empowering. And all of you, I thank each and every one of you for your energy Mm -hmm. because I feel you, and I really love you You all. You found your tribe. (laughs) <laughs> when I came indeed. on, I found my tribe. Yes, indeed. Welcome. I've looked for you for a right. long, long, long time. I know. <laughs> I know, yeah. Like a whole lifetime. <laughs> yes. I've sent shivers right. up and down my spine. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. <laughs> we live near uh, Amelia Earhart Park in uh, North Hollywood. Uh, and there's a wonderful oh, statue of Amelia. Awesome. In the library. Amelia Earhart is that Library. Yes. It's Larry, right? It's Larry. Yeah. Well, Ka- Kathleen, we, we could raise money by selling your autograph. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> You're funny, Wynn. <laughs> I, I had chills when you talked about sitting in the. I had chills when you talked about sitting in the pilot in the pilot's seat, you know, mm-hmm. in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. I had chills because I've had a similar experience. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. When will do you? Know? Oh. <laughs> we've had we've had more more famous people from the past yeah. in our calls. Yeah, what's up with that? I mean, yeah. well, you know what? Those people were all very evolved, and they immediately mm. recognized the uh, vibrational content of what we do, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and we can feel well, it in each other. That's yeah. where the tribe piece comes in, because we've yeah. all been here before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Many times. So, yeah. so if, you're, if you're listening on VBS and you want to know more about the other stuff we do, we don't usually do an interview like this. But I was so struck with Kathleen, Kathleen, and particularly when I started listening to those videos and I heard Amelia's voice, and I said, that's Kathleen. You know, it just blew me away. And, uh, but you can learn more about the Elohim and, and the, the Ra group and the other side and what happens when you die and what's going on on our planet. We have a website where we have a couple of thousand of our calls on there, and it's called the thespiritchannel.net. And uh, most of them were done by Terry, and we're doing a call right after this one. Like, we're going to disconnect this, and if you just stay on BBS radio, you'll end up on the call. And we don't do a live channeling on that call, but we, we, do, we do read an excerpt of the channeling. Muted. And this is not a religion. You don't have to believe anything. Just see what resonates. And it does resonate for a lot of people. And it, I do believe it's a portal to a higher aspect of yourself that's waiting to be discovered. And just do your own experimentation and see what happens. And on that note, we are going to close this call. Hi. All right, you're live on BBS Radio. Yay, hi BBS. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone on the call and Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? This is Kathleen from Bloomfield, Vermont. Hi, Kathleen. Um, hi, Kathleen. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. Welcome to Hope Planet. Hi, Cecil. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Roger in Washington. Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie. Welcome to Home Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location, Terry? Hi, Terry. <laughs> Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Anybody else? Not yet. Antonio. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Happy you Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Thank Day. Thank you. What were you going to say, all. Jennifer? I was going to say it was really cute when you had wind thinking that you could know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cute. It Welcome like to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Jill from Rochester, Minnesota. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? 
Gretchen, Arizona. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, Gretchen. I win. I win. I win. I win. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. When, Hi, Joy. When Wynn said, this is a person who lives off the, off the grid, I mean, on the grid, and I said, off the grid, and I said, I know, I know who that is. <laughs> Kathleen You're Earhart. You my generator earlier. <laughs> yeah. Well, Antonio, I love to make mistakes with you. Yeah. <laughs> then you can correct them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't me correcting you. Oh, gosh. I didn't say anything. Me, yeah. That was hype. Yeah, we were thinking it. Anyway, <laughs> we were thinking it. Yeah, that I, was a I, really good interview, Win. Yeah, yeah, I really Thanks liked both that. of you. I want Thank to look you. Up yes, these, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Win. I want to look up these crabs. I've never seen crabs like that before. Oh, my God. Don't get too grabby over Do a YouTube search on Amelia Earhart crabs, and you'll find the video. What island okay. is this close to? Or what did you uh, say it was a water landing and then you got it to an island? Like, might have been called Hell Island. I'm not sure. Welcome yeah. to the whole planet, Kayleen. Would you like to say your name and location? Hi, it's Bonnie in California. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. <coughs> Hello, Excuse everybody. me, everyone, but before we start, I want to ask the ladies if they would be by Valentine's. Oh, yes, Antonio. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy you. Yeah. You we love you, Antonio. <laughs> Thank you. I'm yeah. here. It's 9.05. Yeah, 7.05 over here. Thank you. But it's Valentine's Day. It's yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. 24 hours. Yep. Uh, 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 Alicia, did you listen to the 6 o'clock call? Uh, okay. No, I didn't. I was Alicia. sleeping. She was napping. Good for you. Do you know, do you know what the topic was? What? The reincarnation of Amelia Earhart. Oh, really? So it's all mm -hmm. about Kathleen, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, <That's fun>. <laughs> Nobody knew except me. I knew that yesterday. Yeah, Thank you, Kathleen. I did. I knew it. <laughs> Thank me <you>. too. Me <laughs> too. Yeah, Kathleen, that was really a great interview. Yes, thank you, Kathleen. Oh, thank you so much. You're really a blessing. I'll have to look are. at the replay when I'm awake. Yeah, it's worth okay. listening to. Good All right, you. let's get going, my dear friend. Muted. Jackie, I wait for your present. Here, I'll, I'll start off since we're on BBS. All right, okay? all right. Is Jackie here? Are you alive, Jackie? Yes, I'm alive. All right, all right. So win uh, 2.14. Here we go. The recording has started. This is February 14th, 2022. Everybody everywhere, whole planet healing. And today is Valentine's Day. So if you don't have somebody to love, this is a chance 
to practice loving yourself. And whole planet healing is an exercise in love of sorts. It's an exercise in group energy creation. You who have been the least bit spiritual have all heard that we're all one. And music, John Lennon, I am you and you are me and we and we are, we are all together. Okay? What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about this oneness. Where does this oneness exist? It does not exist in the physical realm because we're all different. We're all separate bodies, separate bank accounts, separate whatever, separate lives. Oneness exists in another dimension, and a human can access that dimension. And even for just a moment, we can't stay in that dimension. We can't stay there because we need to maintain our physical lives if we want to have an experience of a life in this dimension. But on this call, I believe we touch into this higher dimension where we are one. And it kind of creates a tremendous affinity between us all. It also, we touch into it with these very high sources, uh, the Elohim group and the Ra group, that are in those dimensions where everything is one. But even though even they are separate, so we're never to go on together. It's kind of like if you followed some of our Elohim sessions, it's kind of like we're both end. We can be part of each other, and we can be separate. You can feel it. You can feel the energy on this call, and you can feel connected. And suddenly you've got an ache in your big toe, and you say, you lose that connection because you're paying attention to your physical body. So it's just something you learn, and these calls are a way to learn it because the energy of the oneness energy is on the call. And I turn it over to Jackie, who is our concierge or our host. Uh, and we have about four or five parts to this call, and she'll walk everybody through all those parts. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Wynn, and that was a beautiful introduction that you just did. And uh, speaking of love, I loved the interview you did in the previous hour. Kathleen, thank you so much, and you are an inspiration, not just for the Earhart era, but your life in this lifetime is inspiring. So um, what a joy to have you here with us. So um, I'm going to welcome everyone to the call, the Hope Planet Healing Call, and especially the BBS uh, radio listeners who join us on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining our effort and every 
extra person we have adds strength to our mission, which is to um, uh, heal the planet as well as many other things, people, places, situations um, that we care about. Now, we officially begin our call by welcoming Cecil from near Seattle, Washington, who will recite our invocation requesting energetic protection for ourselves, this call, and our work, along with a shielding from any negative interference. Cecil? Thank you, Jackie. Father, Mother, God, the one infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect everyone in attendance including those on BBS radio. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest and greatest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through our galaxy, the Milky Way through our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection with all those present who are open to do so, while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our individual souls. We invite those sources who are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We co-create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. Back to you, Jackie. Thank you so much, Cecil. At the beginning of this call, Winfrey and Terry Brown join us, and they just spend a few minutes to share some of their latest thoughts with us. So, Win, are you available? I'm available. Here I am. And I just want to say that, you know, when you listen to an Internet, when you watch the TV, you're being entertained. And entertainment is not bad. And it's all kinds of levels of entertainment. And on this call, I think it goes beyond entertainment because we have these energies in higher dimensions that are paying attention to us. And everything we do on the call, including me talking right now, is just icing on the cake, trying to create the environment where people can feel those energies. And we've succeeded for most of the people on this call. So be curious. It's like you have to discover it for yourself. You don't have to believe anything. And when you discover it, you know it's real. 
I turn it over to Terry. Where are you, Terry? Hi, everybody. Yeah. There you go. I just listened to the call, the Dixie Blood call, and I recommend that everybody go and check out the replay and listen to it, or it's also on BBS Radio. And I wanted to say to thank Kathleen, and also um, you mentioned that um, when that you were able, to, and I'm not sure how to say this, but um, it's beautiful to uh, project yourself out and uh, to um, to really uh, project intention. And I would like to say that. Daddy, get closer to your mic. You really get through. Daddy, get closer to your mic. What happened? Please. Thank you. You're good now. What happened? You're good now. You were too far from your microphone. Yeah, but it was fuzzy and weak. Oh, okay. I'll say it again. I really want to thank Kathleen uh, for uh, that call. and. I'm not sure how to say this, but when you uh, said like that you uh, projected out and you feel like you were uh, projecting out to uh, people or intention, that you really are doing that because you've done it with me and I've gotten it. It's like all of your um, um, frequencies, it's like um, everybody has a full signature. And on top of that is projected, uh, like, what they're intending and, and thinking and stuff like that. And you really come through really strongly. So thank you, thank you. <laughs> and now back to Jackie. Thank you so much, Terry and Wynn. And I'm going to ditto what um, Terry just said about Kathleen. <laughs> she really does radiate her spirit. Um, well, Terry, who just spoke, as most of you know, is the person who channels most of the messages that are on the spiritchannel.net. And I would like to encourage everyone to visit those archives. There are many, many channelings, and you might seem overwhelmed, but there is a search feature where you can put in a topic that's of special interest, and up will come all of the channeled messages that uh, pertain to your area of interest. So I encourage you all to go discover uh, some amazing information. And speaking of amazing, we have Bonnie from Corona, California, next on our call, and she has become familiar with so many of the channeled messages on the Spirit Channel, and we are so fortunate because she chooses one to read to us every evening. So, Bonnie, you're you're up next. Hi, thank you. I'm trying. My cat wants to sit on my lap. I'm trying to push her away. Uh, we are going to read from a transcript. Uh, this call took place October third, two thousand eleven. And after Wynn called in the light, we have this beautiful message from Ra'an through Terry. 
We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. This is October 3rd, 2011, planet Earth. Wherever you may be or whenever you may be reading the transcript or listening to this call or listening to a playback on BBS radio, or in the archives of thespiritchannel.net, we greet you and we are with you. We work through all time and we are available beyond words. This is Raw On and as we speak to you, we are weighted. Depending upon the subject and the topic, within the group of Ra and within the group of the Elohim. Today, we are rooted more in the group of Ra, in the area of the Christ consciousness, which is a band within the dimensions, which is within and mainly moving through and with a multiplicity of the raw faction, the raw group. We prefer to not communicate with words as we are beyond words, beyond dimensions. We are a moving energy. There is no word for it. We are a moving energy service, a facility. It is much or similar like the light that one may enter after death and move through in the transition to a higher realm. We have moving energies of light that can, much like grace does in the Elohim frequencies, where grace can unstick things we can bring synchronicities and miracles. We also can, but we are more dense than grace, and we speak for the group now as we are speaking to you. These energies can help to unstick you, to turn your experience into a more fluid experience where you can move more with the experiential track that is presented to you and unstick you from densities, stucknesses, locked geometries, much the same as grace can do, however, at a more dense frequency. When two or more are gathered, in the Christ consciousness's name, then we have the permission to move in and to work with the individual in that group to influence fluidity of communication exchange, understanding between individuals, availability of love and the unsticking mechanism to help individuals experience that love between individuals more readily. 
that is our comment. And I love that beautiful description uh, that they are giving, describing themselves. I'm turn it back to you, Jackie. I love you all. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Um, I love that reading also. And those are the energies that we draw upon on this call when we do our work. And we're going to be drawing upon those next as we join Jennifer from Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Jennifer researches the most recent earthquake and volcanic activities on our planet. And we do this because our sources have asked us to stay on top of this um, geophysical activity. They've also suggested that the most beneficial offering we can extend is the energy of calmness. So as Jennifer guides us to each area of activity, let's gather our group energy, draw on those energies that Bonnie just told us about, and let's send focused, calming energy to all of these areas of concern. Jennifer? Thank you, Jackie. Tonight, as we begin our journey, I would like to invite the spirit of Mother Earth to join with us. She can increase the intent for calm in the areas where we have seismic and volcanic activity. Um, Tonight, we're going to begin in Hawaii, as we usually do, and there's always activity there. The small little village of Pahala had uh, 25 little activities, 2.3 and less. And then we had one, it was like 0.5, a Hoover in the caldera of Kilauea. And the largest activity we had today was off the coast um, to the west, and there's a seamount called McCall Seamount. And this was a 3.8, and it was in that, general location. Um, I don't know if it's directly on top of that seamount or what, but that was just an odd occurrence. So let's take a quick moment and send concentrated energy down to our beautiful island of Hawaii and ask that we know that there has to be activity. And that's why Pahala reverberates. If it didn't, uh, then it would be in trouble. But we just ask that these occurrences occur away from humans and also animals. And now we're going to head south. We're going to go down to the New Zealand area. And it has quieted down somewhat in this area today, Um, quite a bit actually. Off the North Island of New Zealand, we had a 4.2. And then nothing in the Kermadex all the way north along that trench to uh, Fiji Islands, and we had 4.4. So I think everybody's doing a good job at calming this area down. And now, don't forget what happened here a couple of days ago. Um, There were several larger earthquakes, and there was actually a swarm um, near Tonga, and that energy is going to reverberate around the world. So uh, get ready. (laughs) And now we're going to move from Fiji all the way over to Papua New Guinea. Um, We didn't have seismic there today, much 
seismic there today, but we did have a volcano that I, I think I talked about this day or so ago, Menom, and it is, it has explosive activity and it. They said it's been continuous. So we send that area. I don't know how populated that area is, but we send them calls. And then moving over to Indonesia, the crescent there, we did have a 4.9, mostly fours throughout. <clears throat> and then we also had Semeru, which has been really erupting hard lately. I mean, it had lava, uh, lava like balls that was throwing out these things. That was crazy. That was a, a week or two ago. Um, now it is still erupting, so we do send calm. Ibu also had a volcanic ash. <clears throat> and then moving northward to the Philippines, we had 4.6. And basically, east from the Philippines are the Marianas. We had a 4.6 over there. Then moving north to Japan, we had a 4.7 and a pair of 4.5. And Suwanozajima is erupting. We're going to head, continue north up to Kamchatsky, Russia. There was no activity there today, so let's just send them continued calm. Now we're going to move across. We're on the northern side of the Aleutian Trench. And Canada had a very calm day today. Three, I, can't, I said Canada. I'm in Alaska. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 3.8 in the Aleutians, 3.8. Three on the mainland, it sold Dotna on the mainland, and the, it's not to say there wasn't activity. There was a lot of activity. Uh, Fifty-nine earthquakes on the mainland, but they were all low level. So we'll just send them blessings and ask for continued calm. And then we're going to move down through Canada, um, Alberta, Canada. We had a three point six. And then off the coast of Vancouver Island, we had a 2.0. <clears throat> Only reason I mentioned this, not because of the um, uh, seismicity, is just where it is. It's right on that Strait of Juan de Fuca, which is close to Seattle, which is close to Forks, which is close to a lot of people that we care about. So we just want to send calm. And then moving down through Washington, um, Mount St. Helens had a rip-roaring swarm going on today. We had uh, nine earthquakes there today in the caldera. Now, they are all quite low level. Everything is under one. But the, the number has me concerned. So let's really concentrate to send some calm to Mount St. Helens. Also, Mount Rainier, which today had no activity, but send them calm anyway. And Mount Adams, and then moving down to Oregon, Mount Hood, and the Three Sisters volcano. And then down into California, um, we had a good day. The geysers region that's always swarming send them calm, and that is in Northern California. <clears throat> and then moving down through the San Andreas Fault, everything was quite low level today, like twos and less. And then coming down into Southern California, we did have a 3.2 at Valencia. 
which is a little bit west of L.A., northwest. And then moving over to the east side of the state, we did have some activity at Long Valley, Caldera, and also Ridgecrest. And then I do, before we leave the U.S., I want to mention, of course, um, as I always do, mention Idaho, Stanley, Idaho. It always has um, activity there. And then over to Wyoming and Montana to send calm because everything is rumbling there. And then moving down a little bit further south to West Texas, we have several uh, low levels there, 3.0 and less. But my understanding, when I look this place up, it is all fracked. And our sources said to please send calm down to these fracked areas. Uh, 3.0 in Gardendale, Texas. That's not, I mean, it's very close to Midland, if you know where Midland is or Odessa. And then we also had a 2.2 in Oklahoma, which is also all pretty much all fracking. And then we did have a 2.5 at Roosevelt, Arizona, which is, oh, I would say it's east of Phoenix. And then moving straight down into Mexico, we had fours. Guatemala, we had Fuego erupting today quite spectacularly. And then El Salvador, we had a 4.3. Moving down all the way down to Panama, and moving south into the water there, we had a 4.6 off the coast. Moving down through South America, and this is really hard to believe, but there wasn't a whole lot of anything going on there today. Wait, hold on. Okay. Um, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and Chile. No, no earthquakes there. But we did have Nevada, Del Ruiz, and San Jay that are both erupting today. And then we're going to round the southern tip of South America and come up the Mid-Atlantic Ridge. We're going to go all the way north of Iceland. And this is called, oh, what the heck is it called? Jan Mayan, Mayan, Jan Mayan Island Region. And they had um, a 5.7 there. And, and then a couple of others less, the 4.7, and then one, it was 4.3. And this is right on, I mean, you can't get any closer to the Mid-Atlantic Ridge. It's right on the Mid-Atlantic Ridge. And if you are keeping an eye on it, like I am, the Mid-Atlantic Ridges really seem to be pulling apart lately. So we just want to send calm. Fortunately, this occurred where there isn't a whole lot of population. I don't know if it's anyone lives in this region. So we just send calm and move on. And we're going to zip through uh, Spain and France and Italy all had twos. Greece and Turkey had twos. The area of Georgia that is part of Russia had a 3.5. And then looking at um, Africa, we had at the Lake Tanganyika region in Burundi, we had a 4.7. And then in Uganda, which is just a smidge north of this, we had a 4.9. These two are right in the line, so I'm assuming that there's something going on there. And then back up to um, Asia, we had 4.2 in China and a 4.5 in Kazakhstan. 
and then that is the sum total of everything. And I just want to say thank you very much for participating, and I'll send you all back to Jackie. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Well, in just a few moments, Wynn will take us on his guided visualization, and he'll be addressing many of those other issues that concern us in our world. But right now, the phone lines will be unmuted, and you have the opportunity to put your concerns into the light, always keeping in mind that the highest and greatest good for all be considered. And if you're listening to us on BBS radio or to a replay, this is also the right time to put forth your personal concerns. And thank you all so much for your contributions tonight, and happy Valentine's Day. Unmuted. I would like to thank like all my healing assistance and protection for a beautiful mother, a human family, a flora and fauna. All the sentient beings, I would like to ask that uh, all my other players be included in uh, all of this for the highest and greatest good and a big, big, big assistance for my little puppy, Tiny and Tony, uh, in every way that is needed and possible. Thank you so very much. I'd like to put my friend Betty Wilson into the love light for a sickness and a cyst that she's been suffering with for many, many months. And I thank you all and for the highest good of all and with free will considered. Thank you. Tom, Tom and San Jose asking for support and protection for Sidney Powell, Mike Glendell, and for Mike's uh, complaint. Last I heard, he was going to file it on February 23rd. Thank you. Like put in Jennifer. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sarah's... Um, my daughter's housing and her environment. Thank you. Hi, this, this is, is Cecil. I'd like to put put my uh, doctor's uh, mother uh, into the love light. She just found out that she has Hello, breast cancer mama, and not doing very well. So, thank you very much. This is Jennifer. I'd just like to put everybody on this call into the healing list, put them into, everyone into the light for whatever you need. Um, I'd also like to include us. Just wait just a moment, Jennifer. Jennifer, somebody is like talking to their pet really loud. Mm-hmm. Um, please stop. Okay. <laughs> mute yourself. Or mute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Talk to your pet right. as much as you want, but be muted. Okay. The lines are open. Okay, go ahead, Jennifer, excuse me. Okay, I'd like to make mention of Wynn and Terry and ask that we all send them healing, love light energies to keep them healthy and able to do this work. It's really important. Um, I'd like to put Cecil and Betty in the love light and you know their need. Monica and Larry, Lauren in Washington, Tom in San Jose, White Dove and Willow, Phyllis and Joe T., both in Washington, Antonio Jr., Sr., and Abby, Hyatt and Miss Kathleen for healing, Mimi and Larry, who both need healing love, Maxalina, our friend Susan from Canada, 
her husband Peter and her son Ryan need healing from COVID. And Tony Camacho in West LA, who is dealing with heart issues, I understand. And I would also like to put myself in this field of energy as I need healing as well. And I would like to say thank you. And anybody on um, the radio, if you would like to be put on this list, please come to the call. And I will be more than happy to put you on the list. Thank you. Back to Jackie. Thank you. For whoever. This is Jeannie in Citrus Heights. Today I was made aware of something called the Rockefeller White Paper. It's a detailed outline of everything the entire globe is being subjected to right now. The entire pandemic, step by step, exactly how they planned it and created it, partnering with and funding the Wuhan lab, stoking the fear, the quarantines, the lockdowns, the destruction of the economy. And it was all in a paper written in the year 2010. This paper is alternately referred to as lockstep. They expect us all to behave like lemmings. And all of this, it seems to me, makes it even more critical that all members of the human family awaken to what is actually happening and not be caught in this web of deception woven by the negative powers. I ask the Elohim to assist and accelerate in the awakening of all humans. Thank you. Muted. This is Wynn, and we're going to do our closing visualization where we go through our entire planet bit by bit in 15 minutes and bring in energies to increase the potential for positive outcomes. And we create a group energy. We already have a group energy. We just invoke it more right now. And uh, it's all of us present. The Elohim group, however many are here. The Ra group, however many are here. Earth. Sun. And the Earth spirits. We surround our planet with this group energy. And we act as repeater stations, sending energy to the surface of our planet, wherever it can be received. And we start out focusing on the humans who are service to others. We focus on the children and the young people 
who are sensitive to these energies, but still growing in wisdom. And we ask that they have the experiences come to them in their life that make them wise and make them understand what's going on on our planet and to play their part in fixing it and healing it. We go to the animals and the pets, particularly the dogs and the cats who help their owners keep their heart chakras open. We go to the plant life, the trees, the bushes, and the grass. And the energy that flows through the bodies of plants and through their roots into the earth. We go to the rocks, minerals, and crystals. We go to the insects who are part of the balance of nature, like the bees, and we send them this love light energy and ask for the preservation of those particular species that are important. We go to the fish in the sea life and the dolphins and the whales. We now go through the surface of the planet into the interior where the Earth's energy field is. And we send this energy to the Earth for the healing of Earth. for all of the energy she has to process. We go to the energy waves that travel through the Earth that terminate in volcanoes and earthquakes. And we send them calm energy. We go back to the surface of the Earth, and we're going to work on the potential earthquakes and volcanoes for the future. And Jennifer mostly worked on the events that happened in the last 24 hours. We go to the New Madrid fault line, centered in St. Louis and the surrounding states. And we send a column of light hundreds of miles in diameter we go to the 
mid-Atlantic fault line stretching from the North Pole through Iceland down the middle of the Atlantic Ocean We go to all the other fault lines and potential volcanoes and earthquakes in the United States. We send them calm energy. We ask our sources to help locate them. And any earthquakes and volcanoes that need to occur because the Earth is releasing stress, we ask that they can happen gradually and away from population centers. We go to some of the other out-of-balance situations on our planet. We start with the coronavirus and ask that it be rendered harmless. We go to the immune systems of humans and we ask they can be strengthened. We go to the toxins which are in the vaccines. to the awareness of humans and the discernment of humans. We'd like to see an upgrade in all of that. We go to the awareness of humans of the negative agendas and the discernment to tell the difference. We ask for the awareness of humans of the higher realms and the support systems in the higher realms and the learning to call on them as a way of getting their support. We go to the people that suffer and we send them the Christ energy that they can tap into to potentially lift themselves out of the suffering for whatever reason. And when possible, we ask for the removal of the causes of suffering for the highest good of all concerned. We go to droughts and we ask for rain in all those areas where there are droughts. particularly populated areas and areas that are growing food and that 
the animals need for water. We go to the governments of our planet and we ask for leadership that makes people feel safe and protected. With qualities of benevolence, compassion, courage, wisdom. We ask for those countries and groups that are adversarial with each other can find peaceful ways of settling their differences. Those countries and groups that are adversarial can find nonviolent ways to settle their differences. And finally, we bring the energy back to ourselves. We see the energy flowing through the universe, through the galaxies, through the outer energy fields of our planet, and landing on our rooftop. And if we're comfortable, we can invite those energies into our home to transmute negativity. We can send those energies around the outside of our home to protect our home from negativity out in the world. And we can invite those energies to move through our own bodies our own chakra systems. We now move those energies through our bodies, through our chakra system, opening up our energies and our chakras, expanding, reaching to the people that we know, reminding ourselves that we are each an aspect of the one infinite creator. And on that note, we're going to end the verbal part of this call and leave the lines open for those of you that want to stay silently on the line and hold these energies. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We'll see you next time. This session is no longer being recorded.